So the big question is this, how do investors like us who don't have a PhD in finance earn millions to start investing? How do we grow our bank accounts to build real savings and retirements and yet still have the time to do what we really love? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. Woo! Hey guys, John Wood here. Welcome to the Stock Market Secrets Podcast. Super excited to talk to you guys today about something that I just kind of like figured out existed and it's like really interesting and it made me think a whole lot uh, about like formal and like complicated fundamental analysis and specifically like um, what like people in banks are looking at versus what investors are looking at, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so I was at this investment committee meeting and excuse me, a tech, they have like a 1.5 million endowment and they just kind of like give it to like this investment committee, which is basically just students. And they let these kids manage the endowment, which is pretty cool. Um, and to them, it's like, you know, a chump change as part of their actual endowment. But for the kids, you know, it's like solid experience, um, which is pretty cool. So the way it works is there's like a team, right? And you have a team with like three people on it. And um, the three people, you know, they spend like a week and they make like a presentation. And in this presentation, um, they present like everything about a company, which is super crazy. Whoa, my mic fell. (laughs) I'm working out um, some new stuff with audio equipment. Um, So hopefully that'll work out well. Wee! It's a lot of people here. But anyway, there was the, they keep presenting the presentations over and over and over again. And there was this one thing that kept coming up called whack. And I'm like, dude, what in the world is whack? Never heard of whack in my life. Um, and apparently it's way the average cost of capital. Um, and so I'm like, learn about whack. Um, and basically, like all of these people, you know, all their presentations, they're talking about whack. And on top of whack, they're looking at like the fundamentals for the company, the balance sheet for the company. Um, the market positioning in the company Um, and they're basically it's just like normal fundamental analysis you know does this company make money are they making more money or less money Um, pretty basic basic stuff like that and then at the end they give kind of like a buyer sell recommendation based on their powerpoint which is like the you know the company Um, and what's interesting is like nobody has stop losses or profit targets so you know, they're basically like just not looking at the actual stock. And instead, they're just kind of like betting that the company will do well based on news and based on fundamental growth, which is totally cool. And that's a pretty solid way to invest. Um, so we'll see how it works for them. I've only been going for a little bit, uh, but so far I've seen them, you know, suggest buys. I've also seen them take two or three losses. Um, so it's interesting to see the kids, you know, they're probably never bought a stock before so they're learning you know about the markets which is super cool and really fun and they're going through their presentations and all i can think about when they're presenting is like wow you know it sounds like i'm sitting inside of a bank and what they're saying it sounds like something i would hear uh from a bank or because it's like presentation, presentation, presentation. 
And it's all like, this is the company, this is the growth, using, you know, all these technical terms like whack. Um, and everything else is pretty basic, just like PEs and, you know, core key statistics. Um, but, I mean, they're looking really deep into the fundamentals, which is awesome, without really understanding the technicals, which is uh, less awesome. And, I mean, I don't know how the portfolio has been performing, um, but I've been watching the investment they've been making. And, you know, over the past month or so, they've been, you know, sort of uh, down a little bit, which is totally cool. You know, you, you got to give a lot of positions time to work out. Uh, but it's interesting to sort of look at, you know, if these guys are outperforming, right? Because, I mean, you're looking really at people whose, who's, you know, complete total job as investment managers is to outperform the market. And there are some pretty interesting little things that have come up. Um, last week, this one group was talking about buying a mortgage-backed security from uh, Fatty Mae, which was like pretty freaking funny. Um, and also really cool. It was like a 7% return for a couple of years, um, which is sweet. And it was like AAA rated. And so, you know, they have like a wide range of investments, but a vast majority of it is just, you know, traditional equities. And what's kind of interesting is all these stocks they're getting in, they're getting in based off of uh, fundamentals, like completely alone, right? And um, so that's kind of what, what brings us to, view, to, to whack today. Um, and a little bit more than whack, it's like what these guys are actually learning, you know, in finance classes, uh, day after day, day after day. Now I've been to some of these finance classes and some of these investment classes, and at least from the things I've gone to, all I've heard people talk about so far is like very, very basic um, stock stuff like splits and corporate growth. Like it's all fundamentals. I mean, just technicals are not taught anywhere in uh, you know traditional education. But it's cool to see that like they're teaching stocks. But when you really like sit down and listen to it, it's a lot of stuff about um, like how to sort of position a company like if you're presenting it to somebody which is exactly what these guys are doing so like they're not actually making these positions right they're presenting it to somebody and telling them that they should get in or get out um, which is interesting because like if I make a position and I'm going to recommend it to somebody like my money is going to be on the line my ass is in it um, and for these guys like they're they're literally getting thirty forty thousand dollar positions um, with no you know personal commitment to it which is like it's just kind of cool to see how the psychology um, is affected by that because, you know, if, if I lost, uh, some of these guys, they're down like what, 60% in about a month, uh, which kind of, kind of sucks. Um, if I was down 60%, I'll kind of be freaking out a little bit. And I think that might be one of the reasons why, like, they basically never have stop losses is because, you know, frankly, it's, it's not their, their money, um, which is totally cool. You know, people manage money all the time, money managers. I mean, that's an entire career. Um, but, you know, it doesn't work if you don't, you don't treat it like it's real. You don't treat it like you're in your client's shoes. And for these guys, you know, it's not a real client, right? It's just a, a school endowment. Uh, but as they focus uh, more and more on, on some of these fundamental factors, I hard to kind of question uh, what's, what's going on. So do some research, right? Learn what WAC is. So, oh. Weighted average cost of capital. Basically, um, since you know most public companies have debt because 
at a certain extent when you're scaling up, when you're growing, you know, you basically need to take on debt to, you know, fund growth, um, at least for a majority of public businesses. Um, now, I'm more in favor of getting people, getting clients uh, to pay me money to grow. Um, but for, you know, a vast majority of businesses, um, especially kind of more traditional businesses, they take on pretty huge amounts of debt to have, you know, like physical stores, stuff like that. I mean, you can't just start Walmart on your own, you know? And so they leverage themselves, which is super, super cool. You know, they're leveraging other people's money because, you know, they're one of the few, 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 few people on this planet who can responsibly use debt to grow uh, a company and to grow wealth. And, you know, as long as they grow faster than the rate of debt, then they'll be cool. And so that's exactly what the WAC measures. It measures the average percent rate of the debt that they have, all the debt they have. Um, so if they have, you know, a billion in loans, they're probably going to have like 10, 15, 20, 30 people. Um, maybe they're public and they have like public bondholders. Um, and so the average of their coupons is what the whack is. So it's a little bit, you know, deeper than that. And there's some pretty ridiculously difficult calculations behind it, but like, that's the basis, right? And nobody uses it because it's kind of ridiculously difficult to calculate, which sort of, you know, circumvents there being an actual indicator for it. But I mean, it's not Young Finance, um, but it's something that you can calculate and it exists and it's called WAC. And that's why I'd never heard of it before. So the principal idea behind WAC is that if the company has a rate of return of 10% and a whack of 6%, it's, you know, it's producing a net of 4%, right? So the actual company is turning its debt um, and, and then taking a 4% profit on the actual cost of debt. So they loan, you know, they take a loan of $100, um, you know, they have to pay $6 back in interest, and then they're turning the 100 into 110, which is their net profit. Um, and so obviously you want to see average percent returns greater than whack. And that's going to show, you know, this is a solid company. This is a growing company and they have, you know, reasonably nice financial figures, which is the goal, right? Um, you know, the goal is to make money rather than lose money. Uh, it's just the basis of a fundamental analysis, especially for some of these bigger companies. <sighs> Excuse me which is where WAC is going to come into play a little bit more, um, is when you do have larger, larger companies. So thinking about WAC, and I'm thinking, you know, what these guys are doing. And it's pretty cool because, like, if I can get my clip got undone. Wait a minute. I have the best idea ever. Check this out. Bam. I just, like, hacked the microphone clip. You guys, I'm so glad I did because I bet the audio is unstable as heck. Um... So anyway, you have the whack, and the whack is the average cost of debt. And what's interesting is like, if the company has low returns, which happens, you know, companies don't always go up, and especially with long-term investments, they're gonna be down years. Um, and you'll see, you know, the returns are, are, are based on the market, right? The returns are based on what people are willing to pay for the stock. They're not based, you know, exclusively on how much money the company makes. That's the big, how much they make. Um, it's just a huge misconception. A lot of people 
come in thinking about is, you know, if they make money, then the stock will go up. Uh, but I guarantee, I mean, you go through your first earnings season and you're going to see a lot of companies beat earnings, a lot of companies miss earnings. And you'll have companies that literally lose billions of dollars uh, go up because they beat projections or something like that in revenue and in clients and some kind of action number. And you'll have companies that are making billions of dollars and they'll go down when they report earnings because it wasn't good enough or um, the growth was down or some other key indicator was down. And so, like, at least for the 99% of people who actually need to care about their investments, the return is based a whole lot more on the actual public perception of growth rather than the underlying cash growth. And so that's where WAC kind of starts to hit its limit because if the growth is negative and the stock price goes down, your WAC is still gonna be the same because uh, it's still the same percentage cost of capital. And so the goal, right, is, is, is you see returns over WAC. You know, if, if the stock goes up 20%, the WAC is 6%, it means that the company is adding value to the money that it's borrowing. So, you know, if it borrows $100 million, it's adding, you know, in that example, 14% uh, of value to that money, you know, and they're making it worth more than it was originally worth. They're, they're creating marketplace output, which is the goal, right? But where this kind of goes wrong is when, you know, the stock goes down, right? Now, a lot of times you can have revenues go up, you can have earnings go up. Stocks can still go down. A lot of times it's based on public perception, but even greater than that, um, at least from what I've seen, I mean, it's basically like, it's all based on the technical setups. Um, really great example of this, Wells Fargo. They were in a head and shoulder setup, okay? Um, and the, the stock is treading around the shoulder line. And I'm like, dude, these guys, head and shoulder setup, short, all right? I get in short, my dad's long in it because um, he works there. And I'm like, dude, you got to get out of here, man. It's a head and shoulder setup. And he's like, nah, I don't sweat it. They're a good company. They beat earnings. And then they slam right down to the through the neckline and uh, to the price target. And it was like, I think, a 30, 40% gain. It was really nice. Um, or maybe it was, it was 20%. It was leveraged. So you can really you know, up those gains when you have solid, solid, solid technical setups. And like the WAC was the same. You know, it, the Wells Fargo, it's still going to have the same cost of credit, you know, before earnings and after earnings. The difference is the, the revenue, right? So excuse me, uh, when their, you know, stock price falls, when the actual asset, you know, the returns change, it's going to drastically change how people perceive WAC. And this is why I think WAC's a little bit of a, I mean, it's just not exactly the best. I think like it's a good thing to care about and a good thing to know about, um, especially if it was easier to know about. The problem with it right now is at least with, with uh, Yahoo Finance and most traditional places, um, they don't actually like show the WAC. Um, cause it's a pretty, you know, complex, it's really, you're just looking at like, you know, how much equity there is, how much debt there is and uh, a little bit more, um, uh, some tax stuff and just a little bit of math on that. And there's like this equation you can follow. Um, but very, very few people follow it. And what's weird is like, you look at the company, the company, you just look at their balance sheet, dude, you look at the balance sheet and you look at you know, what are their biggest loans? Um, and if they have maybe 8 billion in debt and 2 billion from one person, 2 billion from another person, two billion, I mean, they got like 6 billion from three people. 
and a vast majority of their debt is at like uh, 5.5%, 6.5%. Like, like you don't need a number to quantify that. You just look at the, the annual report or you look at the balance sheet um, and it's right there. Um, and so like when you look at like creating another number to show that that goes through a lot more complex calculations, what it does is it removes the actual underlying metrics, the key performance indicators, the debt percent cost, it separates that, it distances that from the company because as you add more math to it and as you make it more complicated and as you derive and derive and derive values from these basic uh, indicators, right? Like of, you know, how much debt do they have? What's the percentage return on that? Versus contrasting that, because with WAC, you're looking at stuff like equity, you're looking at shareholder value. I mean, it's a lot of crap. And as you start to scale away from what's actually happening and start to sort of make up these financial indicators about what you sort of uh, speculate is going to happen, it suddenly just destroys the validity of the actual underlying metrics. Because when you read a balance sheet and you just look at debt, I mean, it's just debt. You look at the percentage, well, that's the percentage. You can kind of look at, okay, well, did these guys have a good interest rate? Like, because it doesn't matter. What the, like, the equity is just excess, right? Um, the excess, of course, on, on the book value. And so when you want to look at sort of the actual underlying growth of the company, like, you just look at the stock chart and look at if it's gone up or down. And it's not like a tough thing to figure out, right? It's, it's not like, okay, well... Um, should we you know, buy this stock if it's gone down every single year for like five years? I mean, you might want to make sure that it's got some reversal potential. I'll probably look at like Matthew for that because um, the instant you can leverage that, all of a sudden everything changes in the returns rate, right? So instead of focusing on the debt, you're focusing on the growth and you're looking at what they're doing with the money, which is why you read the annual report. Because um, if you can see, you know, they're taking in uh, you know, a billion dollars and they put a billion dollars in treasury bonds, like no dur, um, the returns are going to suck. And, you know, subsequently you can look at the whack to see that and the whack will be ridiculously low. Um, or that the whack will just be the cost of capital and the market return will be ridiculously low. And you can compare, okay, well, here's the cost of capital and here's their market return. But like, if you look at like how that company actually functions and how they grow, like all the market sectors are different. You know, the margins between a company that just makes a bunch of bread and, you know, Coca-Cola is so, 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 so different. And like whack is this number that is difficult to compare between the two. Now, obviously, you know, you can say, okay, well, how much money is coming into the company versus how much money are they actually retaining or growing with? Um, which is why you look at a balance sheet, right? You want to see the actual cold, hard numbers. How much cash do they have? Uh, but when you like complicate it with stuff like WAC, um, and what these guys were doing is they were taking WAC as a percentage, and then they were using the WAC to predict the future price based on the, uh, the volatility, which was like super cool. I guess, um, but what was interesting is like their price targets, at least for the 20 or 25 stocks that I looked through or they went through, um, 
you know, the price targets, they, they spent probably hours and hours and hours calculating, finding the whack, finding the returns, looking at the balance sheets and figuring out what the heck's up. Those price targets were like the exact same as the price targets that you would have if you just did a very, very, very basic uh, technical analysis play and looked at the movement as a wedge or as a different kind of setup. Mostly it was wedges, support resistance levels. I mean, their price targets were spot on with, um, with a, lot of the, a lot of the technical setups. I mean, almost nine out of 10 of them. And the ones that weren't were terrible positions. <laughs> and it's like, you just want to focus on what works and cut the crap. And that's why I think it's kind of ridiculous. Um, again, going back to managing money for other people, but not having your own reliability, your own ass on the line. Like the, a lot of these positions were just ridiculously conservative. And um, I don't know, it's like 2019, almost over. And, you know, the inverted yield curve obviously is something that people are freaking out about. And it, then for good reason, you know, um, within, you know, probably about a year, I don't know. We'll see how soon it is. My bets are a little bit closer, but no one knows for sure. I mean, there's like obviously going to be, uh, you know, market reversal. It's just history repeats itself. And that, you know, leaves all the money in active management. And so, or technical analysis swing trade. And it's really weird to see like these guys putting like long positions in companies that are like over their moving averages, the 200 MAs, like by you know, hundreds of percentage points. And it's like the stock's at $200, the moving average is at $100, and the upside is like $20. And I'm like, dude, you're, you have a one to five reward to risk ratio. I mean, that's like the opposite of the goal. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of these guys haven't gone through crashes before. Um, and so, like, I get it, right? Because you just think it's going to go up and up and up and up and up. And I remember that's how I felt a long time ago um, before I lost like 100 grand with like Bitcoin and, and all that stuff. And that's when you learn, like, whoa, you know, this, this stuff's actually like, like changes really quickly. And you need to, like, not be an idiot. And it's just kind of like a learning process you go through. Um, but a lot of times you'll see, you know, specifically with analysts and people um, that like their job is to analyze stocks. Um, and I see these guys all the time, you know, on the news, on Yahoo Finance. Um, and they'll just be like working at, you know, a huge, huge bank. And they'll say, oh, we just did our huge report and we predict the price of this stock to go to, you know, whatever the price is. And it's like not based on like anything <laughs> it's technical, at least anything technical. Um, it's just totally based on like their like research of the books and their understanding of the fundamentals. And at least for like a vast majority of investments, it's extremely difficult to figure out, you know, where a stock is going to go based on the fundamentals, um, at least just to a specific price point. Like you can figure out, you know, does this look like a good company? Or bad companies? Is this going to go up or down in the next five years? Is it likely to succeed or not um, by looking at the books? And that's a very, very, very great way to use the annual report. Uh, but looking at stuff like, you know, specific price targets down to the dollar, like, you know, you, you can't tell reading that, you know, there's a big deal going on and they, you know, this company bought a new oil field, they bought a new refinery. Like, you don't know if that's $7 in the stock price or $20 in the stock price. It's all based on technicals when you get to like a dollar by dollar level. And it is, I don't know, man, it's just insane. Um, and I'm super excited to, to keep going to this investment committee and learn more about 
uh, what bank, I mean, because these guys are basically like, you know, they're getting jobs as bankers. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see what, uh, how they analyze, you know, position. Um, because a lot of them are interesting. And then also, you know, you get stock ideas. Because these guys have put like 12 hours of research into like every stock they're suggesting. Um, I mean, they just have like a ridiculous amount of charts and uh, underlying fundamental analysis, which is awesome. Like if you find a, a, a like a long-term investment you want to make, I mean, do what these guys are doing. You know, they literally spend hours and hours and hours making PowerPoint about like why this is the best stock ever and why they should invest in it. Um, and a lot of them are, are, they're just doing an amazing, amazing job and they're putting their heart and soul into it, which is awesome. Um, and they're passionate about it. I mean, it's just a really, really, really cool, you know, thing they're doing for themselves and for their career. So like, if you're looking at new positions, you know, think like what, what, what would happen? You know, what would I uncover if I went really in depth into this? What would I learn? You know, how can I break this down into a much, much deeper, deeper analysis? And then use that as a, as a decision maker. Say, all right, cool. Let's put an investment in this. You know, average position size. Their average position size was was pretty small. It's like two or three percent. Um, I actually like five to seven, at least when I'm starting out. But I guess it kind of makes sense because it's a little bit of a larger fund. Um, but like I said, I mean that portfolio is like one percent of tech's endowment. So I don't know. Um, they don't have a really. They don't have a choice on it. It's just, they just do their pitches. Um, so it's a cool. Cool, 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 cool little uh, uh, thing. And I'm excited to keep going to it, keep learning from it, and uh, hopefully keep uh, you guys updated on it so you can get the uh, best investments possible without having to sit through all this crap. So thank you guys so much for listening to Talk About Secrets podcast. Um, I hope you kind of took in a lot today about you know what people teach traditionally in finance and, and what's taught in the education system. Um, and whack, whack's pretty cool. Um, it's a nice little thing to know about, but it kind of just, <laughs> it just, it just reflects, it just reflects the underlying balance sheet, the underlying debt. And you want to see the company turn money into more money instead of lose money. I mean, that's, and that's kind of what the whack shows. Um, I just wish there was an easier way to measure it. It's just kind of difficult to, it's just a lot of stuff, um, which is interesting. So yeah, cool stuff guys. Thank you so, 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 so much. Have an amazing day. Go out there, crush it. And I will see you in the next episode. Woo-hoo. Thanks. Bye. Want more stock market secrets? If so, go get your free copy of my best-selling book, 9 to Noon. You can get your free copy plus $11,176 of unannounced bonuses. It took me years to uncover completely for free at 9toNoonSecrets.com. Inside 9 to Noon, you'll find the top 38 secrets you can use to double your portfolio every two years and make upwards of 10% per trade daily.